0: ready this morning? It's a great day. We're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 23. That's the first half of the book. That's right between uh, 1 Samuel and 1 Kings. Those of you that have a smartphone, you don't have to worry about that. You can just dial it right up. Last week we talked about being made in the master's image. And If you miss that, you can find that online or via our phone app and um, just a quick throw out there before we before we jump into this um, our old phone app if you uh, if you downloaded that, that company' has been bought off a couple different times, and so we've switched and we're getting a new phone app service and we hope that you will uh, take care of that. You can find the information in your bulletin or Ask one of the staff, and we can help you get that set up because it's, uh, it's a really great resource. It's got all of our Facebook and our website and our messages, all that stuff, and you don't have to use a computer; it can be right there on your phone. But um, this this morning, I want to talk to you about uh, what I think is a a serious and encouraging. So it's not going to be one of those cheerleader messages, but uh, hopefully, you'll find some encouragement in it this morning because I believe God's word speaks right to our situation and. Uh, this morning, talking about uh, sticky fingers. Now, I don't know what that means to you. Uh, uh, maybe you have a vision of Winnie the Pooh eating honey out of the honey jar. Sticky fingers. Uh, maybe you had a, a a past that you weren't saved from a young age, and sticky fingers means that you like to take things that don't belong to you. Uh, you got sticky fingers. Uh, um, sticky fingers may mean uh, you are a messy eater and. Right now in my life that means ribs, right? Oh man, who get a pair of some ribs and at the end you're just and you don't care, right? You just don't care having sticky fingers. But the sticky fingers I'm talking about this morning is, is none of those. It's it's something altogether different. And um if you've ever wondered why you're facing the struggles that you're facing, if you're ever wondering why life seems harder than and why there is heartache, if you ever have questioned some of those things, and you wonder, God, I'm doing what you say, and yet it, it doesn't seem like it's getting any easier, then you're part of a great uh, group called Christians. <laughs> um, he never promised it was going to get easier. He just promised that he was going to lead us, and he would never leave us. Um, and we get stronger, and we realize that, that the things that used to be so hard aren't so hard anymore because we've developed some discipline. We've developed a little bit of spiritual stiffness and flexibility at the same time. And, and whether you're a follower of Jesus or not this morning, I, I, I wouldn't hope to presume that if you're here this morning that you are completely sold out. Uh, maybe you're still questioning, and, and that's great. I, I'm glad that you're here. You, this, is, this is why we're here is to invite anybody, any place to come and begin to hear about this. But um, whether you're religious or not, whether you're a full-blown believer or not, um, we're all going to face battles. And um, you're either going to have them from the inside or they're going to be from the outside. Uh, We just know that battles are going to come. And yet, um, this this is a, a story that I hope we can understand that, It's info that you can use whether you're a a full-on, is given to jesus person or not because it's right here in God's Word. And and if you haven't been reading God's Word, I just want to encourage you, you need to read it. Um, Not so you can tick something off a list, not so you can check your daily devotion box, but because it's full of really good news. It's full of really good information on how to live our lives and overcome the situations that we have. uh, and, And most importantly, to get to know God. It's not there to study history, and, and you may say to yourself, Pastor, I'm not even sure I have it. I believe all that stuff. That's okay. Read it anyway. Um, and don't say, well, you know, there's some of this I, I just I just can't agree with. That's fine, but don't be like the kid that won't eat string beans that's never tried them. At least try it, right? I, I don't like them. Have you ever tried them? No. Well, how do you know if you are them? Well, what if I try them and don't like them? Don't play that game with God. <laughs> Try and read it. There's all kinds of versions that you can get, and, and make it simple. I suggest starting in John, and you're working your way up into Romans, and, and you'll get an understanding, but it, it, don't deny what God wants to do just because you don't believe it all. Uh, we're all in a process of learning, and so I just want to put that out there before we go, and we're going to be in 2 Samuel here, uh, verse tw- or chapter 23, verses 8 through 10, some, some very... Uh, Weird, maybe, to you, but I think some powerful verses here as uh, the title of all of this for in my Bible is called david 's mighty men if you don 't know who David is David is he was a, a a king that had been anointed by God, and yet he 's on the run because uh the existing king has not died and 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 david wouldn 't take him out and that 's a long story, but you can read that later but he he gathers about him some men that that line up with his character and and they begin to give this list. And we're going to look at just one specific person here. And it's not about the person, but it's about what he did. And so here we go, verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men who David had. Josheb-Beshebeth, the Tachmonite. He's the chief among the captains. He was called Adino, the Esnite, because he had killed 800 men at one time. Now, that's pretty impressive, (laughs) okay? Here's a single guy that we're not talking machine guns to be able to mow anybody down. This is a guy that's, that's in armed combat and manages to kill 800 people at a time, and not all at once. He didn't say all at once, just in one battle, okay? He didn't have like a super long spear and pew, skewer 800 guys all at once. That's not what he's talking about, okay? Verse 9, and after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Now, he would have to be tough if you were the son of Dodo, Right? Oh, hey, aren't you Dodo's boy? <laughs> it's Eleazar. Yeah, Dodo's kid. Dodo Jr., get over here. Um, so he was probably a tough kid, and he was the Aoite. And one of the three mighty men with David, when they, look at what they did. They defied the Philistines. The Philistines was a group of pagan, non-believing uh, uh, Canaanites that had been the mortal enemies of the Israelites since they were formed. And they were gathered there for battle. And look at this. Here's where it gets really interesting. So the big battle's drawing up. The, they decided to, they are defying the, the Philistines. We're not giving in. We're not backing up. We're not going to let you threaten us. We're standing in defiance. And we're gathered here for battle. And then uh, the son of Dodo, Eleazar, sees something that probably could have been disheartening. And the men of Israel... Retreated. Think about this. These are the men that say God is their God. He is the God strong and mighty in battle. This is the God who has brought us out of Egypt. This is the God who has helped us cross the, the Red Sea. This is the God that has been with us through battle after battle after battle. And yet, here comes the Philistines and the men of Israel retreated. What did Eleazar do? Great question. He arose. And attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. Hence, sticky fingers. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to plunder. Now, if you don't know what plunder means, it usually means that during a campaign or a war that By the use of force, we go in and we take what used to be ours, or we take what the enemy has accrued, whether it be tents or camels or treasure or slaves or whatever. Something that used to belong to them, we take it. That's plunder, right? But there's a couple of these spots up here that you notice that, to me, are the most important parts that are highlighted. And and I think what he does, he wasn't endued with supernatural power he was just a man but he was a man that had a cause he was a man that knew who he was and more importantly he was a man that knew who his god was and he did something that the other men of his day didn't do look at when they retreated notice what he did he arose and he attacked And we'll start off with the the most abrasive part this morning. Guys, I'm speaking to you this morning. The time for being passive, if there ever was a time to be passive, is way over. It's time to rise up. It's time to stand up. Not only for yourself, but for your God, for your family, for your faith. And stop sitting back, watching. Stop sitting back, explaining it away. Stop sitting back. Stop being disengaged. It's time to rise up. Pastor, you don't, it's time to rise up. I don't care what the other men are doing. I don't care what's happening in the nation. I don't care if you feel like you don't have a voice. I don't care if you didn't have a model of this. I don't care if you didn't grow up in that age. I don't care if your mommy didn't take care of you. It doesn't matter. We serve a mighty God and you are a man of God. Rise up. And ladies, pray for men to rise up. I know there's all kinds of movements and all that mess out there. That's political. (laughs) We need each other. God made us equal, and God made us powerful, and we need men. We don't need them sitting on the sidelines. We need them engaged. We need them standing tall. We need them active and attacking, not sitting and whining and disconnected from our families, from their work, from their life, from their faith. We need men active. And I'm talking about right here in this local church. Men, you're on notice. It's time to rise up. We need men that'll pray, men that are worshipers, men that know how to serve. And not just, I'll be in the background, just. I'm not talking about being on display. But we're facing battles that we've never faced before, not just as individuals, but as a church, and the reality is we need men that are not just sitting around watching. And maybe that's too blunt for you this morning. Read your word. He arose and attacked while the other men retreated. It's hurting our nation. It's hurting our churches. It's hurting our faith. When men retreat, it hurts it's almost impossible to win while you're retreating. Men, don't retreat. Get some sticky fingers. How do we get these sticky fingers? I'm glad you asked. See, I believe that often the difference between victory and defeat is just not giving up. It doesn't mean you're any braver. It doesn't mean you're any stronger. It doesn't mean that you're any smarter. Sometimes the way the victory comes is just not giving up, not letting go. You hang on longer than you think you can. Hang on to the marriage. Hang on to your kids. Hang on to your faith. Hang on to whatever it is that's worth fighting for. You've got to hang on longer than you think you can. The reason that most of the mess is happening today is because it is way too easy to give up today. It's way too easy to quit. We can just walk away. Well, you think that you're walking away and that it doesn't matter, but it matters. Every person that leaves the faith, every person that shifts into neutral, every person that decides, oh, I don't know if it's worth the fight, you have helped lose. You're in retreat. Now, don't let this make you feel guilty this morning. I'm not a person that wants to bring guilt, but I hope that it brings some conviction and helps you understand. First of all, you're stronger than you know you are. Second of all, it's not about your strength. It's about his strength, but we still have the job of standing and deciding to attack. And I'm not talking about marching, and I'm not talking about legislation, and I'm not talking about blockading or any of that stuff or declaring ourselves a sovereign uh, group or any of that mess. I'm talking about if God says to do it, then I'm for it. And it doesn't matter what's going to come against me. We already have His word that the world is going to come against us, but it doesn't mean we're supposed to retreat. In fact, we're supposed to be taking ground. And we've lost it, church. But the sooner we get back on the attack, the sooner things turn around. Us watching and whining is not fixing anything. We've lost our voice. We've lost our backbone. And it's time for us to stand. You can hang on longer than you think you can. Understand that when you're fighting for big things, you've got to hold on. If you're fighting for your marriage, you hang on. That's a big thing. If you're fighting for your kids, you hang on. That's a big thing. If you're fighting for your healing, fighting for your deliverance, fighting through that breakthrough, you hold on. I know you would for something else. If, if your child or your spouse or somebody's falling off a cliff, you will hang on and long and long and long. And, oh, it hurts. I'm sorry, babe, but my hand's starting to cramp by. We hang on. We do what we can as long as we can, and then even more so because God has strengthened us from the inside with the power of His Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about supernatural, Samson, Hercules, strength of flipping over cards. I'm talking about just in the day-to-day, not quitting. I'm hanging on. And I'll show you straight with you this morning. I I, I struggle with this in, in my dealings with what I would say my peers, other men, that when things get tough, I think God's calling me someplace else. Oh, I think it's time for a different job. Oh, I think it's time for a different spouse. Oh, I think it's time for a different church. I think it's, and I never hear that when things are going well. Man, we're having revival. The money's flowing in. People are getting saved. I think it's time for me to go. But when it starts to slump, that's when we need that person to be the strongest, It requires no strength when everything's going great. You can just coast with the momentum. You know when it takes is when your marriage feels like you don't even know that person anymore, and you're not even sure you want to know that person anymore. You know what it takes is when you feel like your finances are so bad that every move that you make seems to make you lower. You know what it takes is when you seem like you're in a situation whether it be a bondage or addiction or a longstanding habit, and you just don't know how to get out of it and you keep falling back in that cycle. You keep holding on. Because to give in never brings the victory, never brings good results. It always takes us away, not closer to God. Because the next situation you're going to face, when it gets hard, and and here's what I want you to understand. If you have failed in those areas, I get it, we all fail, we all fall. But how about we start falling forward instead of falling back? instead of shifting our faith back out and becoming more worldly and becoming more cynical and becoming more like the world and less like the church, those things never help us. Because I'll tell you, there's always an opportunity. But here's the catch that you don't know, is that once you make that decision to let go and then try again, the devil's waiting at the next spot. And he knows all he has to do to get you shifted is make things hard. And then you're on to the next spouse, and the next job, and the next thing, and the next thing. And, the, and then when you get there, guess what? Pretty soon we see that those time frames are shortened. And now you're at the next church, and you're only there six weeks before something bad happens. And the next church is only three weeks. And then next time you're like, I'm not even going to church because it's full of people, and the people are full of problems. and Or you realize the world is full of trouble, but God has overcome the world. Not that there won't be trouble, but he's overcome it and he is in me. And you're an overcomer. And the only reason we need to be an overcomer is we're going to face stuff. We don't need to be overcomers if he's paved the way. There's nothing to overcome. So when you're fighting for those big things, you hold on. When it feels like you've got nothing left to give, hold on. When you feel like you're at your end, read Psalm 22 again, right? Where are you? How come you're not hearing me? I'm calling on you day and night, and you seem to not hear my voice. But you are holy. You are enthroned in the praises of Israel. Isn't that amazing how he switches from me. Nobody hears me. My God doesn't help me. I call on you day and night. And we hear that all throughout the Bible. It's a natural course of life. All of the prophets dealt with this. There was the whining prophet, Lord, everybody's gone but me. I'm the only one left. And God's like, you think so? I got 700 (laughs) that you don't even know about ready to take your place. You've got Jonah that decides he's upset with how God is doing things, and he sits down in the desert and starts to whine, I I think it'd be better if I just died. And I'm not saying that things are easy and that if you follow God, it's all just a smooth path. In fact, many times it's the opposite, but he is with us. And he's leading us through these things to help us be the people we're supposed to be because we're going to face things. And if we turn around and we change directions, every time we face something hard, we'll keep running back home. And home is our flesh. I love in that song, man. That song was full. I don't know if you got it this morning, but I was getting it. You think about that. He was talking about these bones we'll sing. You remember singing that this morning? Oftentimes, my flesh doesn't want to sing. My flesh is caught up in, why'd she say that? Why'd he do that? You see how he looked at me? That person didn't even talk to me. What's going on? I'm thinking about this. That's my flesh. But in my bones, deep down past the feelings and the logic where the faith and the I just know what I know, that's where the praise comes from. That's the stuff that I hang on to. When I don't know what's going on, I want to praise God. It doesn't feel like I want to praise God, but I decide to praise God. I decide to pray anyway. When it seems like I've been praying, and I hear people saying that. I've been praying and praying, Pastor. Pray a little more. When you've got nothing left, you hang on. You know, when everybody else has stopped... You hang on. Look at All the men of Israel were in retreat. Look at that. He's, he's sitting there watching with David, and Israel's fighting, right? And they used to do it a little bit different. You don't put your, your most powerful uh, guys out there to fight just the little skirmishes because that's what you've got the regular army for. But all of a sudden, in the midst of this battle, whatever's going on, I don't know if they felt overwhelmed or they just got scared. All of a sudden... The retreat sounds, and everybody's turning the wrong way. And in the midst of that, as Israel's retreating, the son of Dodo stands up. Now, I don't know about you, but I wonder what the other army is thinking. Right? And it reminds me of David and Goliath. Nobody's willing to fight, and then David starts to step out. And it says he runs to the battle. Dodo son Eleazar stands, draws his sword, and attacks. And I can understand some of what he was feeling, although I have never fought with a sword. I grew up on a farm and I can remember several times when uh, since I didn't have skilled labor at the time I'm young, of digging potholes. I call them potholes, but they're fence post holes. In central Washington where there's clay and gravel and not a, bring the tractor with that electric auger. Man, it was a tough day of putting in fence. But for a 12-year-old boy that had a lot of energy but not a lot of brains. Now imagine that for most of the day. And during those times, even though, I mean, I'm just pulling up a little shovel full of dirt, but pounding through all that, you get done at the end, and it feels like you can't pull your hands off <laughs> the post hole digger. And your hands are like, I don't know if I can grip the doorknob to get in the, get in the house. And what they're saying right here is that he fought for so long in so hard that his hand actually formed, stuck. They couldn't pull the sword out. He probably was like, I'm done. And he couldn't let go. How about you this morning? Have you fought that long and hard for those big things? Have you, have you continued to attack until you can't let go? And I wish that the rest of the story said, "And when the men of Israel saw that Eleazar got up and attacked, that they ran back to fight with him." But the story doesn't say that, and it doesn't matter to Eleazar. You understand that it doesn't matter. Who's doing it? Sometimes with everyone else has stopped praying, everyone else has stopped believing, everybody else has stopped going that direction, everybody else has stopped praising, everybody else has stopped praying, everybody else else even stopped talking about it, doesn't mean you're supposed to. You hold on. You hold on for that healing. You hold on for that faith. You hold on for that promise. You hold on because God said it, and I'm going to hold on. So you can look around this morning, and I'll tell you what, and this is just me, I know what God has said in my spirit about this church, and it has nothing to do with how many seats are full. I leave that to Him, and I leave that to you. I know that I'm supposed to guide and direct and preach His Word, and that's my part to do. Whether five of you show up or 5,000 people show up, it doesn't matter. We hang on because God has a purpose and a plan and a promise Now the question is, are you going to be part of it or not? Because I can't guarantee smooth sailing in the days ahead. In fact, if anything, I'd say who knows what's ahead. But you can either be in retreat or you can be in neutral or you can arise and fight. Because if this isn't your church, you'll probably flee. (laughs) You'll probably go by the wayside or you make up your mind this is my church this is my faith this is my marriage this is my life this is my destiny and i'm not going to be scared out of it and it doesn't matter if other people seem to not be as obsessed as it with i am but i am because this is mine this is my church i don't own it i'm just an under shepherd dog here but he has called me here and until he says to go i'm here question is, what about you? What about your marriage? What about your kids? What about your studies? What about the thing that God's promised you that said, if you'll just keep going and you've shifted into neutral, you know you're supposed to be someplace else, maybe not physically, but someplace else in your spiritual journey, but it's gotten tough, and so you backed up into a place that was a lot easier and a lot more comfortable, but your dream is still out there, and now other people are stepping in, and you're starting to grow resentful. I was supposed to be that worship leader. I was supposed to be that teacher. I was supposed to have that job. I was supposed to, where's that dream now? Have you shifted back? Have you started a slow retreat back to where it's comfortable and it's safe? Just because everyone else has stopped doesn't mean you're supposed to. You hold on. You hold on to His promises. You hold on to the power that He says within us. You hold on to the provision. He's got provision, but it's not going to be provision until it's needed. See, we always want it ahead of time. I want the courage up front. It doesn't work that way. That's not provision. Provision is when you step in and you come to the end of yourself. Then God's provision kicks in. Problem is, many times we won't get to the end of ourselves. We just get tired and we get bored or we get distracted. We have to keep pushing until we come to the end of ourselves, And then God's great provision kicks in. Just like this. I don't know how one man fights long enough he kills 800 people. And without poking too much fun at my great associate pastor, that sounds like a Walker, Texas Ranger show right there. He roundhouse kicked 800 men in one episode in Levi's with cowboy boots and didn't even lose his hat. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking most of the time just what's in here. Because that's what determines whether you're going to go forward or not. Most of the great stories you hear are not of men of great stature that had great courage. It's the guy that just decided... I'm doing it for my buddies. I'm doing it for my country. I'm doing it for my family. I think of men that founded this country that on their own left the East Coast and walked on foot in canoe to find the West Coast and developed a Northwest passage. I think of men that braved areas they'd never seen before and found the North Pole. <laughs> not for a book deal, not for some movie but because something was driving them on the inside and the hardship and the trials, they just expected it. And I think there was a generation, maybe two now ahead of us, that expected things to be hard, but you pushed through anyway. <laughs> no generation has had it easy. If you think that a couple generations ago, man, it must have been easy going through the Depression. But it's almost so far forgotten that depression... <laughs> And then you run into those people and you're wondering, why in the world do you have a three-foot ball of foil? Why do you have newspapers from 1952? (laughs) Because they didn't have the guarantee that it was going to be there tomorrow. What about you? Did you know what the word says that we're not promised tomorrow? We fight for what we've got today. Today. And then we get up tomorrow, and we fight for what we've got today. And we keep stepping, and we keep pushing. It's too easy to just get up. Like I said, we shift into neutral, and we go with the flow and let the current take us. But the current is the world, and the current never takes us closer to God. It takes us away. The overwhelming sense of that battle is to run. That's what made sense. I mean, you look, statistically, everybody was going the opposite way except for Lazar. <laughs> He said, enough of this. (laughs) Enough of this. And for somebody this morning, God had me write this down so I didn't mess it up. You need to hang on where you're at right now because the enemy and the world are trying to do their best to pull you away from him. You maybe don't have your faith completely fleshed out yet and and know everything, but faith is not about knowing everything. But there's going to be all kinds of reasons to back up. There's going to be all kinds of reasons to kind of go 50-50. I can kind of be in the world and be a Christian. That's just it pulling you. And you've got to hang on to Christ, and you need to get off the fence and just say, I'm all in. I don't understand it all, and with everything I've got right now, I just... I just put it all in. (laughs) And it doesn't mean the battle stops. In fact, that's where the battle starts. And so if you're somebody that, "Eh, I'm kind of 50-50 in this marriage. I'm kind of 50-50 in my future. I'm kind of, how about you make it 100? Bang. Bang. I'm putting it all in on my healing. I'm putting it all in on my marriage. I'm putting it all in on believing in my kids. I'm putting it all in of of staying with Christ no matter what. How about we just remove the quit off the table? How about just remove that option? Think about that right now. What in your life do you just need to remove quit out of the option? Because as long as it's an option... uh, Things get bad. God must mean it's time to quit. Maybe not. So here's the question this morning. Will you rise up? And it's a personal question. And I'm not talking about pastors, and I'm not talking about people on the stage, or I'm talking about you, that God has called, that God has saved, That God has given you a rich heritage. You've even been, some of you have been raised in a Christian family. You know the word, you know what you're supposed to do, and yet you continue to sit on the sidelines and watch. Will you rise up? Sometimes you just have to rise up. You got to get above the crowd. You got to get out of your routine. You got to get out of your little rut. Of course, it's different. Of course, it takes extra time. Of course, it's not what you normally do. That's why it's so great. That's why it's so exciting. I never know what's going to happen. Somebody, uh, almost every time I go to schedule, somebody's like, What's your schedule? I was like, It depends on the day. I could be driving to Portland because somebody just got admitted to the hospital. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Somebody can walk through my door and I'm going to either lead him to Christ or tell him to get lost. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have that kind of control. All I know is I'm going to show up <laughs> and try to be as ready as I can be, but I don't know what I'm going to reach and who I'm going to face each day. And neither do you. You need to rise up, get out of your rut, get out of your routine. Sometimes we have to look a little higher than what you're seeing right now. You just see the dead end, and, and it's a great slogan, but it's so true for us as Christians. Unless you're the lead dog, the view never changes. Maybe who you're following isn't who you're supposed to be following. Maybe it's time for you to cycle to the front. Huh? Huh? Maybe it's time for you to cycle to the front of your friendship and lead others to Christ. Maybe it's time for you to cycle to the front of your marriage and carry the load for a while. Maybe it's time for you to cycle to the front and be somebody that steps out to serve the church, not just take for the church. Maybe it's time for you to cycle to the front, and it's not all about you, but maybe we actually have an others-first mentality. It's not all about your business. It's not all about your money. It's not all about, maybe it's about time that you cycle to the front a little bit and figure out, What's it mean to lead? What's it mean to rise up? What's it mean to look a little higher? What's it mean to praise a little longer when, it, when your flesh doesn't want to do it and you're tired of giving praise to God that doesn't give you anything? And I'm hearing that a lot now. Well, what good is having God if he doesn't do what I want? That's not the purpose of God. <laughs> our purpose is to serve him, not the other way around. He will take care of our needs. The problem is when it starts to get tough, we run back to ourselves. We run back to the world. Sometimes we got to trust a little deeper when things get tough. That's what David did. He didn't, it wasn't that he didn't go through hard time. He just trusted God. You think of that great psalm, though I walk through the valley of death, I will whine and complain until my last breath. Is that what he says? <laughs> it didn't mean he wasn't walking through it, Right? He knew what it was to be hunted. He knew what it was to be hated. He knew what it was to have an evil king try to kill him at every twist and turn. And yet it says, even when I'm walking through those situations, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even while I'm walking through this, I trust you. Even when he's throwing javelins at me, I trust you. Even when I'm supposed to be king and I'm not king yet, I trust you. What about you this morning? There's a battle to be won. We have to rise up to the challenge. It's not time to sit back. It's not time to think it through. It's not time to wait and watch. It's time to rise up. See, I think many times we do have it in us and then we sit back and we talk ourselves out of it. Well, I don't know enough and I don't know and, and this and that, and pretty soon you're agreeing with yourself not to do it. And yet it was the spirit in you that's saying, give it a shot. Come on, just say yes to God. Not yes to everything. That's that's dangerous. <laughs> but when you know it's God in you, how about you just say yes? Stop trying to talk your way. Stop trying to figure it out. Trying try to figure out the timing. I mean, think about Eleazar. Well, I don't know. All those guys left. It might be lunchtime. Maybe that's why they took off. You know, statistically. I don't have much of a chance of winning this battle. You know, what are other people going to say? Uh, they're going to think I'm arrogant or egotistical that, oh, there goes Eleazar. He's the big man going out to fight the battle. And he didn't care what people thought. You know what he cared about? What did God think? And he rose up and he attacked. And we get way too much investment in what other people think. And so I'm just telling you, especially if you're a younger Christian or a younger person, quit worrying what other people think. Start worrying about what God thinks. He'll control what you say. He can control what you do. And if those other people can't handle it, that's on them. Notice that Eleazar didn't stand up and say, You bunch of cowards, get back here and fight with me. He wasn't worried about them. He knew what he was called to. He knew what he was rising up to do. And he wasn't whining, Oh God, I have to be this guy that goes out and fight all the Philistines. Seems like it's me every time. Last time I had to kill 800 of them. None of that. Who cares who's watching? Who cares what the world thinks? The world's not going to be your judge. God is. The world's not empowering you. God is. The world hasn't saved you. God has. And he has called us to his mighty purposes and his power. We have the word on our side. If God says we can do it, we can do it. In fact, Romans 12 and 9 says, Abhor or toss away, throw away forever what is evil and cling to what is good. Think about that for a minute. We know the world. We know the culture around us is not any good. What are we clinging to it for? Why do we need its praise? We don't need its praise. We need his praise. Let's cling to his word that says who we are. That we are more than conquerors, that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, not just how you got saved, but think about that. Here's Eliezer saying, I know my God has saved me when I had to face 800 guys and all the battles before that. And if he was with me then, he'll be with me now. That's our testimony. What has God brought you through? I bet you every one of you have got a story of something that God's brought you through that you didn't know you were going to make it and yet here you are. Don't let the culture silence you. Don't let them speak over you the way to be negative and the way to be neutral. He says he wants us to be overcomers. He said we're supposed to be the head and not the tail. We're supposed to be people who want to bless and not curse. That's who he's called us to be. And the best weapon that we've got and the best defense that we've got is God's word. His word says that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, God has given us like a cool Star Wars lightsaber. That's our best defense and our best offense. He is our shield and our strength. He is our great reward. It says that he is our forward and rearward guard. He watches all sides of us. Our job is to just do what he says, but that means we have to rise up. And last but not least, and this is the most important part. If you've zoned out until now, come back to me. Here, come back to the light. Are we all right now? You're awake? The last part was what's important. Because he went and fought... Other people came back and didn't have to fight the battle. The other people came back and only took the plunder. Maybe because of you this morning. And you think, I'm nothing, I'm nobody. No, you're not. You're somebody in God's kingdom. Because of you, others are going to see the need to stand. When you determine to stand, somebody else says, if he can do it, I can do it and they stand, and they're watching us, and they're waiting, and maybe you don't even know that, that, there's, that they're watching you, but they're watching you. Because of you fighting, others are going to join the fight, and pretty soon you turn around, and it's not just you anymore. It's not just you leading the way. Because of you, others are going to return because of the outcome of your battle. Because of you, because of your faith, because you stuck it out, others are going to come back to church, others are going to come back to the faith, others are going to be reconciled to the family, others are going to figure stuff out because you didn't sit down and run away. You decided to stick it out. Because of you, not because of the pastor, not because of the church, not because of a movement, because of you. Your kids are watching you. Your family's watching you. Your friends are watching you. What are you going to do? They don't know how I live. They don't care how I live. They want to know how you're living. They want to know what you're fighting through. And because of you, others are going to come back to their sense of faith. Others are going to come back and fight for what they're designed to do. And because of you, others are going to win just because you held on. We're not just fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for a future. We're fighting for the future of our church, the future of our children, the future of their children's children, the future of your marriage, the future of your business, the future of your destiny and your legacy. We're fighting for more than just us because of your fight. Because of you, others are going to come back and regain incredible stuff because you had sticky fingers. They didn't have to fight, but they got to be the recipient. They got to be rewarded for your battle. Because let's be honest, everything that was left after that fight should have belonged to Eleazar. Right? He won the battle, right? We even have that saying, even today. Now, it's a Roman phrase, but it goes something like this, to the victor goes the... Spoils. We know that, right? Who gets to claim all that armor that's dropped? Who gets to claim all the tents that were left empty? Who gets to claim all the treasure that he finds? But he didn't say that. Notice that. Once he was done, the people, Israel, came back. Did you know that it's not just the New Testament? That if you read all the way through the end of the book, again, read your word. It's full of great stuff. So that there's going to be a big battle at the end. And God is going to intervene, and when he intervenes, that what's left over is going to be enough to take care of Israel. All the supplies, all the rations, all the food, all the fuel, it's going to supply them for months and months and months, and they didn't have to work to get it. God is that kind of a God. So I don't know where you're at today. But who here needs to rise up instead of sitting and watching, sitting and waiting, sitting and waiting to be noticed? I'm noticing you right now. It's time to rise up. Who's here this morning that needs to cling to God's promises even when you're tired and you're scared and it seems like the battle's going the wrong way? Who needs to cling to God's Word, Clings to God's promises? And some of you, who needs to fight the battle so that others can win? The battle's being fought not even for you this morning, but you're fighting for something bigger. I want to pray for you, and I hope that you're ready to pray this morning. But I encourage you that rising up isn't just standing to your feet this morning, but something on the inside shifts. This last part's personal. I hope you don't hold it against me, but I haven't always known what to do. I haven't always heard clearly God say this or this. I've just trusted Him, and and I know there's times where maybe it was the right thing but the wrong time or the right time and the wrong thing but I know somebody close to me said this to me once and I didn't really understand what was going on in me and now it affirms it more than ever but they said something like this why do you always have to be the one to make that fight why do you have to be the one to step in why do you have to be the one to say something And for me, it's just who I am. And I realize maybe that's not you. But I am telling you that the Holy Spirit in you is there to give you boldness and courage. Not boldness and courage to sit or to watch, but to act. The whole book of Acts is exactly about that. He brought them the Holy Spirit not to sit in the room and enjoy the environment, But to spill out into the community, to speak the wonderful things of God, to begin something that God had established, and we're still partaking of it today, is called the church. But it started from those that decided to act instead of hide and sit and wait. What do you need to rise up to this morning? What do you need to rise up to? Come up here, Linda. During the worship service, a simple scripture came to mind. Those that wait upon the Lord will will rise like eagles. They will renew their strength and rise
1: like eagles. We all know that the eagle is a bird of prey but we don't always apply it to this scripture and I'm just I know with every fiber of my being it's time church to quit being on the defensive and to start walking on the offensive
0: and we're only that's only going to happen as we wait on him Amen just a quick clarification on that. Be on the offensive, not be offensive. There's a big difference, right? People will be offended by the Word. That's their problem, but it's not our job to be offensive. not our job to poke people in the eyes or question their faith. It's our job to live it out to its fullest. Amen? So I want to ask you this morning, even just symbolically, be rise up this morning? I'm not calling you to a promise or a pledge or I'm not by you standing it's not guaranteeing anything I'm just saying that you realize every one of us you know what you need to rise to and some of you you know you gotta stop clinging to other people's praise or the diversion of drugs or alcohol or porn or whatever it may be that's that's sapping your willpower, that's sapping your spirit. It's not feeding you. It's killing you, and you need to cling to God's word. And some of you got to stop being so selfish in your praise and your prayer in your life, and you need to fight the battle so that others can win. You got to think of your kids. You got to think of your spouse. You got to think of your coworkers. You got to think of your family. So I'm just calling you to pray with me this morning and you maybe felt like you got poked in the heart this morning. I, I hope that God's word did its 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 job. But I told our leadership months ago that for a while I had I hadn't entertained leaving, but I felt like I had shifted into neutral. I was Like Linda was saying, I felt like I was putting out fires and dealing on the defensive instead of leading well. But I also told him I'm done making excuses. Sure, I'm tired. Sure, I'm busy. Sure, this is a load, but this is what God has called me to. And no excuse is going to take that away. I vowed to them that there'd be no more excuses. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to put myself into. I'm going to pour myself into them and others and and see what God would do in our church and with our people. But I also want to entreat you to say, if you're part of this church, if you're part of his church, what do you need to rise up to? So let's pray this morning. Father, would you give every last man and woman this morning sticky fingers? God, that they stick to your promises, they stick to your word, that they stick in the battle when it'd be easier to cut and run, when it'd be easier to retreat, when it'd be easier to watch, when it'd be easier to wait or talk themselves out of it. And God, even now they're saying, you know, Pastor, I'm just not that kind of a person. You know, I'm more of the quiet, reserved. That's nonsense. You are a child of God that has been called to make a difference in the world. And maybe you don't do it like me. And you don't have to be bold and brash, but you are never called to sit on the silence. You are never called to just watch and wait. You're never called to retreat. He has gifted you. He has empowered you with his Holy Spirit. And however you've been made, you've been made fearfully and wonderfully for his plan and for his purposes to fulfill his will. So Lord, I pray, raise up men and women right here. Raise them up off the sidelines. Raise them up out of their fear. Raise them up out of their boredom. Raise them up out of the the cultural mess that they have found themselves in where they're no longer comparing themselves to you. They compare themselves to culture. And it's easy to point at other people and say, oh, they live in immorality, and yet we're in neutral. Father, raise us up to a higher level of praise, to a higher level of prayer. Understanding our spiritual warfare, God, is, is praise and prayer, not not words and venom online and, and judgment and all of that mess that's being poured out or compromised. Lord, let the world have that. You are holy, Lord, and you are enthroned in the praises of your people. Lord, we want to focus on you. We're going to praise a little longer. Lord, we're going to pray a little deeper. We're going to trust a little stronger. We're going to get our eyes off ourselves and realize there's others that can win if I stick to it. There's others that can benefit if I'll just push through. There are others going to rise when I rise. And even if they don't, I still called to the battle. Lord, would you help us to go on the attack, not to be offensive, but to be on the offensive. This world needs a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. This culture needs those that are standing out, not sitting down. This culture needs those that know their way, that aren't watching the dial spin, and they have no way to know what's going on. God, they need people who are solid in their faith and solid in their God. So, Lord, as we finish with some praise this morning, As we sing this, would you fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit that not just gives us air in our lungs, but it gives us courage in our bones that ignites a fire in us, a burden, a a growing desire to see things made right, to to come back to that fervent faith we had at the beginning, to, to grab a hold of a lifestyle that we've always dreamed of that doesn't involve bondage and distraction You've got to be part of a church an organization not just locally but globally that is changing the community, changing our neighborhoods reaching beyond ourselves not to fill seats but to fulfill the divine purposes of God so Lord as we sing, give us courage, give us strength, give us focus, give us vision Lord in Jesus name to join us with praise this morning and encourage us to sing out loud this morning it's going to be loud enough they can't hear you just sing it out you give life you are love Up, church. Not just stand, but stand on the inside. Trying to raise up in faith. Time to rise up in power. Time to rise up in praise. It's time to hang on a little longer. And for those of you that maybe you're still figuring it out, just, just follow God until He proves that He's wrong. And then you can stop. But just keep trusting Him. Make a decision today. I'm not going to go back to that old life. I'm not going to go back to those thoughts of divorce, of bankruptcy, of of being stuck like this forever. I'm going to press in. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to stand, and I'm going to fight. Be like the woman with the issue of blood that pushed through the crowd and grabbed a hold of the garment of Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray for our church. God, we have awesome people here, men and women that you want to activate, that you want to give courage and strength and faith than they more than they've ever had before. And as they get ready to go, whether they feel it or not, that's a flesh thing. But let them know that in their spirit, in their spiritual DNA, you have made them a fighter. You have made them a conqueror. You have made them to be on the attack to gain ground To win the kingdom, to press back the darkness, to uphold justice, to have compassion and love. Lord, would you let that guide us as we leave this place? It may take on many forms, and those that are going through some mess, you are in good stand with Jesus Christ because he has overcome the world. He will lead you out of it. He will strengthen you to endure it. You need to hang on. You need to hang on. Hang on to your hopes of being healed. Don't let it go. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. You hang on. With every last breath, you declare the power of God over your life, the healing of God over your life. Declare that your marriage will not fail. Declare that your faith will not falter. You just keep declaring it until it's pried from your cold, dead fingers. So, Lord, we give you praise. For you are great, O Lord, and worthy of all praise. Not our strength, but your strength. Your word clearly tells us it's not by might, it's not by strength, but by your spirit. Fire up our spirits, Lord. Not in an emotional lather, but a determination, a a fire on the inside that says, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to see this through. No more excuses. No more distraction. No more sitting down and watching or, or, or only getting active when somebody notices. It's not about that at all. You don't have time to watch and wait. It's time to rise up. New life men, it is time to rise up. New life women, it is time to rise up. 40 and under generation, it's time to rise up. No more excuses, no more cultural evaluations or comparisons of this or that or you just follow God. You just trust Him until He proves He's untrustworthy. You be the best student you are. Don't give up that dream. Don't give up that hope. Don't give up that drive. Don't settle back for the lies of this world to follow the truth of God. Others are watching. Others are waiting because of you, some lives are going to be changed think about that as you go, because of you some will stand and fight because of you some will return to what they've known to be true, because of you some are going to gain great ground because you fought when they couldn't so God bless your people as they go anoint them and empower them to see themselves as overcomers and conquerors by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.